The Near Futurist, a podcast with Guy Clapperton. Hello, and thanks for downloading The Near Futurist, a show presented by me, Guy Clapperton. And today we'll be talking about augmented reality and how it can help a retail market. But first, the usual look at me bit about who you're listening to. I'm Guy Clapperton, a speaker, technology journalist, and media trainer with 30 years' experience. I see a lot of people calling themselves futurists at conferences. They talk about the next 30 years. I'd rather talk about the actionable stuff that's imminent, hence the near futurist tag. Do have a look at my website at nearfuturist.co.uk, where you'll find more episodes and information on what you're about. If you'd like to book me as a speaker or MC for your technology event or indeed your virtual event, do have a look at my website at nearfuturist.co.uk where you'll find more episodes and information on what we're about. If you'd like to book me as a speaker or MC for your technology event, whether virtual or otherwise, do have a look at the showreel on the site and drop me a line, guy at nearfuturist.co.uk. That's nearfuturist as one word. Or get in touch with my agent, whose details are of course also on the site. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please do consider leaving a review on the iTunes store or wherever you download from. And if you're new to the show, you're very welcome. Well, that's plenty about me, so let's get to the reason you tuned in, my guest. He's a former vice president of digital transformation for IKEA, who built and launched the company's augmented reality app in conjunction with Tim Cook and Apple. His new business, London Dynamics, aims to use augmented reality to help retailers reduce product returns and automate a lot of the pre-purchase investigation a customer might do. His name is Michael Valsgaard. Michael, welcome to The Near Futurist. Thank you for having me, Guy. You're more than welcome, Michael. I've just offered the briefest of snapshots about what you actually do. Uh, do tell us more. Yeah, so you can say what we are doing is we have created a company who is uh, set out on the quest to change how people shop and add experimental shopping into e-commerce. And we do that by adding augmented reality through the web browser. So you basically uh, can shop anything online and you can engage with that item in real life uh, without leaving the website of the retailer. So we bring okay. physical, sorry, we bring, bring physical shopping back into e-commerce. Okay, so how many people are involved in the company so far and what are your growth plans? Yeah, so you can say we have, uh, I, I spent many years at IKEA and I got exposed to many uh, clever developers. So what I learned from my time there is that it's better to have a core team who is absolutely best in the world than having a large team. So in total, we are a little bit less than 20 people so far. And uh, we recently launched the company and our growth plans is not to grow uh, that many heads because I have some of the best in the world. So it's more like uh, gain, going into new markets. That's interesting. But I, a lot of people, including myself, already research products online before they buy stuff. I mean, Amazon has been doing this stuff for ages. There's, I've seen things that give you a 360-degree view of uh, physical objects. In what way are you actually extending this experience? Most interactions is uh, text, images, and videos. And then you have some 360 views. But everything is like you're looking at the screen on your phone. The experience that we offer is a solution where you place the item into the physical world, you see it through your phone, and you can engage with it as if it's actually there. So you're not looking at your phone, but through your phone, and you're engaging with the real world at the same time. So it's a very magical experience, to be quite honest. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to envisage this. It's a great one for audio, of course. I'm just wondering, <laughs> can, can you give us maybe an example of how this has worked, you know, even if it's a, a, an experimental example that you've done in the lab or something? Available. No, sorry. Can you talk me through exactly what the experience is? Let's say you want to buy a new sofa uh, at home. 
then we build up the the digital asset of that sofa and we serve it in the real size in the real color in the real texture as if it's you have it in your living room so when you're looking through your phone it looks like you have it in your living room and in in that way you can kind of like try before you buy a, a big sofa you can see how does the blue look in your living room and does it go with your carpet and we have to change the color of your wall or is a brown sofa better so you kind of get this experimental element into the online shopping where you had to imagine it before now you can actually see it so it's like seeing and believing <laughs> right so it sort of superimposes the uh, the, the virtual element over uh, the actual reality in real time is that a fair description of it that is a, a, a very accurate description now, on the subject of sofas, I have to say, last time I changed the sofa, in fact, the one I'm sitting on at the moment to record this, we'd done, done an awful lot of research. We took swatches of material and things like that. What we hadn't taken account of is that it was too wide to get through our living room door. And <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the people, you know, no, this is a serious point, you know, the, the people who are delivering it hadn't been briefed that it could be taken apart. I'm just wondering, is this the sort of thing that your AR environment can help with? You know, can you actually say, right, there's the door, how am I going to get it through or whatever? The technology is not that sophisticated yet. So it would kind of like just put the sofa in the door frame and it's going to look a little bit weird. So you could get an idea. But what it's better for is just for you to take a decision. Yes, I yes. want to have this this sofa. And you can see it in the space if it fits. But to, to, to go through the door, the technology is not uh, accurate enough that I would recommend that. Okay, well, mate, there's a there's an idea for version two, and uh, you can have that exactly. free, you can have that as free consultancy for nothing, courtesy of the near futurist. Don't say I never give you anything. Now, Thank you. I, I know the IKEA project was in a previous job, but uh, I'm just wondering how did that help the business? Um, you know, when you're using augmented reality in this way, because of course, I would have thought the idea of a retailer, and I appreciate there are very particular circumstances around at the moment, but. Uh, mostly and in so-called normal times the objective of a, a physical retailer rather than an online retailer is going to be to get people into that shop and this seems to be to be the way uh, a really good way of making sure that people don't have to turn up at the premises i think you should offer your customers the possibility to do whatever they feel for and if they want to go to the shop give them a great experience give them good service give them the products they need if they want to try it from home, then give them that experience. So for me, I'm more inclusive and in saying you should offer all of it. And in that way, you get the best result uh, towards your customer. So it's just a case of multiple touch points, I suppose. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, looking beyond um, IKEA, maybe beyond the furniture uh, environment, what other sorts of businesses do you see benefiting from uh, this uh, augmented reality approach? Well, so the technology at this stage is where you can serve things straight from the web browser and in that you can try on something on your face so on our website londondynamics.com you can actually try on a motorcycle helmet and see how it fits to your face so the technology is at a stage now where you can uh, place object in the physical world in front of you so the best products is you know if you're buying a new suitcase and you want to look at that and look at the inside that's a good use case uh, for ar at this stage or home furnishing or it could be you're buying a new electrical bike or cargo bike and you want to see kind of like uh, how does it look like and inspect a little bit, look at the sizing. Those are items. So any item that you place in front of you is kind of like good items. 
Right, yes. I, th I think the, uh, the suitcase is a good example. I, every time I've bought a, either a suitcase or briefcase or a, a backpack or anything like that, it always tells you how many litres it holds. And I look at the clothes I want to put into it and I wonder how many litres is that jumper. Well, exactly. Yes. So, the, so the thing is that so we can serve this uh, suitcase straight in your living room right in front of you and you don't have to leave. And you can physically inspect it in three dimensions and then you can open it up and look inside. You know, that's kind of like a a really good use case. So you don't have to travel around and look at all the suitcases in the store. You can do it from your living room. And the uh, cool thing is that you don't have to leave the, the side of the retailer. The, we, we serve that content straight how you would normally e-commerce. E do you serve comparison sites and things like that? I'm just thinking if you've got a shopping site that takes feeds from multiple retailers, because I don't necessarily, you know, if I were shopping around in real life, I might want to go from shop to shop. That is, it, it just strikes me that this thing you're describing is tied to a particular retailer using their particular stock. Yeah, so we still have to have a retailer or brand who is uh, willing to create the assets because otherwise we don't have anything to show in the augmented reality. So I think the retailers and the brands who are first on this, they're going to add an, an, an extra experience and they're going to get a competitive advantage. And if you look at specific industries such as home furnishing industry, which is one of the most developed in augmented reality, I feel that within a year, if you don't have it, people are going to be expecting it. So they're going to be disappointed when you don't offer it. So it's more of getting started uh, right away as a brand or a retailer. And it is just about the appearance, of course. You can't tell to say whether a sofa is going to last for five years or 10 years or something like that. It's, it's, it's purely appearance-based at the moment. Is that correct? It is basically try before you, you buy, you know, look at it in your space, see how it goes play around a little bit, feel confident about uh, uh, redecorating your own home and get uh, inspiration. That's what it's about. And uh, maybe miracles take a little longer. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'm just wondering how this is likely to grow as a sector, to, uh, looking beyond uh, your, your own company, whether we're likely to be taking augmented reality for granted in a year or two. I'll, I'll, about 10 years ago, I spoke to a guy who had developed a really good way of finding Wi-Fi hotspots using augmented reality. You held your uh, phone up and look through the screen and it would have superimposed where all the Wi-Fi hotspots were actually in the street where you are and I thought this is definitely the future this is imminent and it hasn't really taken off in the, in the way that I'd expect it to do you think it's reached that jumping off point now yeah so here's you're a futurist uh, also a near futurist so you would have probably appreciated but as exponential technologies uh, emerges in the world there's there's a few we're not going to get around, like artificial intelligence, augmented, augmented reality, self-driving cars, robotics, uh, Internet of Things. There are things that are at a stage now, it's just going to take the world by storm. And augmented reality, if you look at it in the past, it has, it, it's still a complicated task. And you need a lot of computing power and you need a lot of high quality content to serve it in the right way. And this is where the technology is coming to a point now where we will see uh, exponential growth that really is going to uh, give people real use cases that are adding real value and therefore it will drive it. And the technology is uh, getting there and everything is kind of getting ready. So I feel in some categories, you people will expect it within one or two years. And I think within 10 years, you don't have a phone no more. You're going to have uh, glasses or lenses. And uh, you know everybody has been talking about the glasses and lenses for the last five, six, seven years also. And we're not there yet. We're, we're getting closer and closer and soon it will come. And then after that, you know, it's going to be an implant. Uh, you know, I'm talking 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be an implant. And it doesn't matter 
where you are and you're going to see digital content overlaying the real world uh, completely seamlessly. And we are just at the start of that journey now and it will change the world and it will change how we engage and it will change how we do business and live our lives just like the uh, internet and the iPhone did. I can see all that as a theoretical possibility, but let's say I'm not a business, but a consumer. Um, what is this extra layer of techno complication going to do for me um, as an individual? I can see it working for the businesses, but when it comes to things like, you know, the suggestion of implants, and I know there are some uh, businesses in America which actually do chip their employees and their employees celebrate it, which I don't quite understand, but I know it happens. I'm just wondering, you know, it, just because all this thing stuff can be done, doesn't there come a stage where people, the market may just not want it to be done? Yeah, and you're gonna always gonna have progress and then some resistance, and then you're gonna say, okay, you know, it used to be like nobody wants to share the data, and then all of a sudden people share everything because it gives them huge advantages, and they get their curated content that they like to watch, and then they feel like that's a good trade-off, and you will see the same in these cases when it solves real issues, when it solves real things in the world, then you're gonna want to engage with it. So it's gonna, so that's what I mean, it's gonna happen. Like there's no way it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it may well do. I'm just uh, interested in the, the the example of data is quite interesting because, uh, of course, you still get reports uh, where people are asked about the data they're handing over. And it, it becomes apparent that not everybody realizes the amount of data they're handing over to people like, say, uh, Facebook or the people who um, run their apps through Facebook. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering whether we actually need to get better educated about what we're already handing over before we start putting more overlays onto that. Yeah, I think it's good to be educated. I feel like uh, the European Union is doing a pretty good job in uh, in educating and making it uh, hard for businesses just to do this uh, on a casual basis. So I feel like that we have to take serious. But I feel like the technology is moving at such a pace that um, it's not an extra complication. It's not an extra thing. It's just like an integrated part of it. And your experience just kind of like seems to evolve. So if you look at e-commerce and uh, the sophistication especially in the UK, how you can get anything within a few hours uh, to your doorstep. You have to seamless this return. And it's like the, all the technicalities of e-commerce work to perfection. Once that is done, people want to have experiential shopping, just like they have in the real world. They don't want to just go to the store to pick up the item. They want to go to the store to have an experience. And the same thing is going to happen on online shopping. And how are you going to serve that? Augmented reality is absolutely the, the solution. And this is where the technology is now so sophisticated that we can give anybody who's interested in this without any IT project, without any integration, uh, basically just the plug and play and you extend this experience to be experiential. Most people do have smartphones these days, and I'm sure that's going to increase over the next couple of years. You know, even the last few holdouts might still have them. But I'm just wondering, there are still a few people who are not uh, really sort of digitized, if you like. I've got a couple in my family. I'm just wondering whether this is actually going to increase the divide between the digitized and the non-digitized people. I was uh, a recent podcast. I spoke to somebody who was talking about her worry about us going cashless when there were still a few people without bank accounts. I'm wondering whether we're actually in danger of um, creating a sort of divided society between those who can have the technology and those who, those the minority by all means, but those who don't. Yeah, I think everything when you when you grow up, everything which is in the world when you get born is just completely natural. And everything that gets invented up until you're 35 is like super innovative. And then when you come past that age, which I am, then everything starts becoming weird. 
And it's like, oh, this is scary and I don't want to do this. But if you look at young people, you see the future. And if you look at young people, they do this. And uh, you're right. Uh, older people is not the best user for augmented reality. And you see that also when you give it to them. Young people, they can just do it at a flick of a finger. And older people, they're actually struggling with it. So I do think that divide is, uh, is going to be uh, even more eminent. I agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's not just a matter of age, it's a matter of attitude as well. I know plenty of over 50s, of whom I'm one, who embrace technology, and uh, several under 50s who don't. So I'm, I'm just, uh, so I always have to get a little mention in about the, you know, it's not just about age, it's this culture, no, I agree, I agree, I agree. all sorts of things. I'm sure you, uh, you and I are both quite used to being written off because uh, we have a number attached to us, and that's just... Wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now, ultimately, people are buying stuff. They will continue to buy stuff. You know, economies will go up and down. I'm just wondering whether you uh, anticipate your technology and uh, technologies like it increasing uh, the market for retailers, or is it just going to be a brand differentiation thing? No, it's definitely going to drive the market. It's going to uh, decrease return. It's going. It's House have implemented. Uh, it's an online platform in the US. They have implemented AI on their platform, and they see. 11 times higher uh, conversion rates when people engage with a product in AR. So it's definitely something that can drive uh, markets. And if you look at the e-commerce market today, there's not that many people that have AR yet and that will come and everybody will have it like in, let's say, five years or 10 years. Everybody's going to have it. And so the question is just, you know, how fast is that going to happen? It will happen. That's like almost a guarantee, even though there's nothing in the future that is guaranteed. This is one I would like to guarantee. But the, my question was about whether it's about uh, building the market itself or building market share. So, uh, you know, are people going to be buying more stuff or are they going to be veering towards those outlets that have this technology and uh, but actually buying the same amount of stuff in total? Yeah, I think it's going to be, people are probably going to be buying the same amount of stuff and so on, but they're definitely going to go to places that are experienced. So you can see that also when you go physical shopping, you know, if you go to an old mall outside a, a, a small town with a lot of empty space, you know, nobody shops there no more. And if you go into uh, a Selfridge, uh, which uh, has uh, like a complete different experience or other reasons that actually make it happen, like the Nike store on Oxford Street, you know, those are the experiences people want to have. That's where people shop. So if you want to be that one online, you should get going with augmented reality right away. Finally, where can people find out more about yourself and uh, the services you offer? Yeah, so we have uh, myself and my team and our services uh, represented on LondonDynamics.com. Okay, Michael Valsgaard, founder of London Dynamics. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Guy. And many thanks to you for listening. That was the Near Futurist podcast with me, Guy Clapperton. Don't forget to have a look at the website at nearfuturist.co.uk. I'll be back in two weeks' time as always. Thanks for your time. Music.